0: Welcome back to Two Pastors and a Mic. My name is Corey. And I'm Shanik. And we're glad that you tuned in again so this morning, this evening, whenever you're listening to it. If you would be so kind as to leave a review, that's actually going into Apple Podcasts and leaving a review like on the Apple. Yeah.
1: And we've got a couple of them recently over the last couple of weeks that are just so encouraging. Super and it encouraging. really um, just encourages us to, to keep doing this, to keep putting out content. And uh, we appreciate you listening and yeah. giving some feedback. Yeah. So thank you. And share on your
0: socials, share to text message friends, whatever it is. We appreciate all your support. Like we've already said, this week's question of the week it's a doozy. You ready? Let's do it. It's going to reveal where your heart's at. Just <laughs> kidding. Okay. If you want a million dollars today, what is the first thing that you would purchase? And you're not allowed to talk about how you would handle the million dollars or invest it's not an, uh, an answer. Like you have okay. to purchase something. What something. would it be?
1: Well, I have a question to ask first. You're so gonna put a stipulation went, hold on, on a hypothetical di- question. Well, I have to because <laughs> one, you know this, a million dollars is not that much today. It's really but not. is it is you it I won it the million quickly. dollars and then it's gonna get taxed and really I'm walking away with five or oh six hundred thousand?
0: Okay. You get a million dollars in cash right now. What's the very first thing you purchase?
1: The very first thing is actually an experience. I'm not gonna purchase a car a bow, tangible bow, bow, thing bow. whatever but an experience i want to take my family um to africa go on safari explore I've adventure done it. and I've done i it. do not want to think about money i just want to go and i don't want to think about a timeline we'll go until i feel like huh? Eh, let's go back let's yeah. go home yeah whether that's a week two weeks three weeks a month i don't know i love it first thing i do yeah what about you?
0: Well, I went on an African safari, and it was way more worse than the Disney safari. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. I saw way more animals at, in at Disney. Disney. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Honestly, yeah. we didn't share our answers with each other. I am such like in this mode of like investing in what I would do. So this question was extremely hard for me. Yeah. It probably would be an experience, too. Yeah.
1: Plus, you're very frugal.
0: Which I'm giving you a
1: compliment in that.
0: Yeah. So it would be an experience. I know my wife wants to do like uh, a Europe trip, Mm. but so like the Swiss Alps, maybe over there, or she wants to do a West coast trip, like go to the redwood trees in California. Now that we hired Austin from California, I was telling him about it. He's like, bro, the redwoods are like an hour and a half North of where I'm from. So we're going to make a trip of it and knock it off. But yeah, some kind of experiences where you can do excursions and not worry about money. I
1: think that's so funny because if you were to ask both of us this question at like, 18 instead of oh, it at the Oh, would have been ages. a car. Yeah, we been been a Range Rover. Been like, yeah, let me go get a Lambo. Or well, it wouldn't be a Lambo. Ferrari, Range Rover Porsche. Even back in the day?
0: Uh-huh. I always wanted a Range Rover. Gotcha. One of my good friends, his name was Jensen, he had a Range Rover in college and we always drove it around and you just thought you were like... I thought I was the man. The man. We took it to Florida on spring break and it was a trip. <laughs> <laughs> just cruising the strip. The beachfront. Windows down, listen to Kanye and T-Pain and Oh, yeah. Eminem. No, it was Akon.
1: Okay. That time, <laughs> not time frame. Oh, no, no. Yeah. Anyways. <laughs> all right. Well, let's get on with the podcast. Um, all month long, we've been talking about leadership. I might buy Jordans. Oh, okay. We're going to keep going with like, this. Okay. the
0: $15,000 pair of Jordans that I look at.
1: Yeah. Or, but here's the thing. Would you buy them, leave them in the box, or get them out and put them in some display case? Or would maybe. you actually wear them if you had $15,000 Jordans?
0: Probably not wear
1: them. Then, okay. Well, don't, don't take it's a an shot investment. at what I would. No, okay, that's actually an investment. If you're not going to wear them, <laughs> yeah. you're buying them with the hope of, oh, they'll not be $15,000, they'll be 50 Touché. in 50 years. Touche. So that's an investment. Well you went against here's the question. A, here's what, I'm still rattled about this
0: question because I said experiences, but I don't even like spending my own money on experiences because I don't care that much. I'd rather do like house updates, but I'm doing those. right. And then it's like, well, why? None, I don't get to take yeah. my house with me when I die.
1: Right. It's experiences for me all the way. I know this year I have four trips overseas planned and I just love new cultures, new experiences, you know, meeting new people. But it's also about the people you go do those trips with. Yeah. As a matter of fact, when this podcast is released, I will be in Rome. You currently actually are in Rome. Yeah. Hopefully. <laughs> Knock on wood. I know there's a lot of <laughs> anxiety around COVID protocols in Europe. Yeah. There, there's a lot that I have to uh, Hopefully make Hopefully sure, you come back. Yeah. Make sure I jump through all the right- loops and proper channels and it's a lot, but it's okay. It's going to be fun.
0: It's going to be good. Yeah. So we will actually get moving on. We've been talking about leadership this whole month of February. Leadership is one of these conversations you and I both love. We could talk forever on leadership, different leadership styles, different leadership quotes. In fact, today we're going to give like four or five leadership principles that we haven't hit on over the last three weeks. Again, we thought that this conversation of leadership was really important, especially at the start of the new year. Yeah. And so that's why we're doing yeah, this. And what,
1: and what we're going to do today, and I hope you just heard that, is we're giving you what we feel like our leadership principles would be. So these aren't things that we've went out and researched and studied and got from other people. These aren't necessarily, um, you know, a checklist from John Maxwell or Simon yeah. Sinek or other leadership gurus out there. Like We felt like, you know, for me or for us, this is going to be something that we feel like is from our heart and our leadership style and we just hope that it blesses you. And as we're talking about leadership principles that we've come up with for you to walk out, for you to um, follow or possibly implement in your life, in your leadership, whether it's family, work, or wherever, we hope that you would be somebody that um, really begins to uh, come up with your own yeah. leadership principles. So hopefully this will stir you to do that. Maybe after you hear our top four or five, maybe you come up with top three, man. The, these are my leadership principles for my life and how I want to lead others. Yeah. And so, yeah. So let's start with uh, with you. You want to
0: go just me give, me? Give wow, I'd speak for a living.
1: No, it's okay. <laughs> start, start. Yeah, why don't you share your, your leadership principles? I'll chime in um, with how that maybe plays out in my life or you can just tell stories and why you chose the principles that you chose.
0: Yeah, okay. So I have like five things and some of them need explanation, some of them don't. The, the first one, And it's so important, especially for pastors and people in full-time vocational ministry, because here's the principle. It's fatherhood or parenting is the only leadership role where we will never be replaced in. Yep. And so I can be replaced in every leadership role. In fact, I just was replaced by Austin as the youth pastor. And one day I'm not going to be a part of Hill City Church because either I will move on or die or or retire, you know what I mean? So right. we will always be replaced, whether you own a business or not, you will eventually be replaced. But as a parent, you will never be replaced. Hmm. And so That's my good. big challenge is to never sacrifice my family on the altar of ministry. We said that before in sermons, we say yep. that on the podcast a lot. And so like recognizing that it is my only unique leadership role is being a dad and embracing that, really trying to enjoy it. I know the first couple of years of my kid's life, I did not enjoy them at all. And then this la- last season, the last couple of years have been a lot of fun, just learning their personalities, learning what they like and dislike, and really just trying to engage in and with my kids. And fathering, fatherhood is the best hood. And so. Love that. And so them?
1: the so the principle then is to recognize that your only unique leadership role is that of a mom or a dad.
0: Yeah. That's good. Number two is, and this is specifically for people who lead in an organization, but aren't in charge. So like the best number two principle is only critique seats that you have sat in. And while you're only critiquing seats that you have sat in, pay attention to how you talk about people when they aren't around and then pay attention to how other people talk about other people to you when they're not around, Mm -hmm. because they're probably doing that to you. And I think it's so important as, you know, you went on sabbatical last year and I had to make like two minor decisions and it was like, man, I don't like the stress and doing this. I don't like making these decisions like that. I I sometimes maybe use you as a crutch often to make some of the leadership decisions. I love uh, camaraderie leadership decisions. Like I love
1: the team mentality, the team
0: mentality and talking it through because yeah, I have a perspective on almost everything. But once I hear from other people, that perspective can change and shift. And I love that. And I think it's really, really important, especially as employees, that we don't critique our bosses if we've never sat in that seat. You don't know the pressures or maybe all the details or all the circumstances as to why they made the decisions that they made. They're they're doing the best they can with the with the information that they currently have. And yeah, they might've made a bad decision, but do you have the ability to give them grace or do you just talk trash about people in leadership roles and you've never actually understood that pressure? Yeah. So the third one is, and this has been, so we went through TLP, which is our group counseling as, as a, a team here. And this has been one of my stretch goals for the year. And so I just turned it into a leadership principle. Number three for me is being okay with being misunderstood. Mm. Um, I've learned that I need to stop trying to explain myself or s- explain myself to people who will only see things from their perspective. Uh, and that that comes down to not just who I am as a person but also theology, what we believe. Um, I've recognized that if you speak to a room of a hundred people, there are going to be hundred different reputations because people only get glimpse of you. Right. And the people that do life with you are the only opinions that actually matter. In fact, when I get confronted by somebody I don't know, it's okay, thank you. But if I get yeah. confronted by you, I, I contemplate it, I think about it. Man, yeah.
1: okay, this is most likely right. I need to change. Yeah. Or you take what someone else might say, an opinion, a critique or whatever and then you run it by me or someone else that is in your circle, people that you trust that they'll be honest with you. Is this a blind spot? Am I missing this? It was this criticism fair of me. Mm -hmm. And so I think just being able to be criticized, to be misunderstood and be okay with that. But with that, you have to have those people around you, those close people um, that do understand you. For sure. I think this kind of came to light over the last four or
0: five years, our church as a whole at Hill City Church, we've kind of shifted our messages. And people who have never come to our church or only hear snippets or don't even know us tend to have a lot of opinions about who we are and what we teach. We've been called false teachers, et cetera. And it used to really bother me but then I, I'm getting to this place where I'm being okay with being misunderstood because they have an opinion about what they believe. And then they have an opinion about what we believe, but they've never experienced life with us. They've never been around us to recognize how well we love, so to speak. And so, yeah, being okay with being misunderstood. The, the fourth one is, I mean, I've said it multiple times. It's just this B, this mm-hmm. word B. Just B. I've preached on it several times over the last year. It, it, I have it tattooed on my wrist almost. It's written in my daughter's handwriting. It's really just to be present, especially when I'm on my, with my kids. So like I have it perfectly located so I can see, see it when I'm on my phone scrolling. And if my kids are around, it's like, oh man, what am I doing, like be present. And so it's like, yeah, the three things of be present, be satisfied, be still, I've kind of explained. I feel like I've explained that on the podcast or maybe in sermons. so I'm not gonna go in, into much detail. I know you call it like the who before do principle. I love that that phrase for it too, but it's just being where your feet are and being aware of the relationships that you have in your life. And the, the fifth one I have is to think generationally. And I love this, just being a part of student ministry for so long. Your life is should be all about setting up others for success. If you think about it this way, I read this book called The Power of Intention, which is right now my all-time favorite book I've ever read. And he talks about this idea that you enter this world with nothing and you leave this world with nothing. So the best way you could live your life Is by serving and giving to others Hmm. and this is that generational process you know proverbs says a good man leaves an inheritance for his kids kids so your grandkids and i love using the principle with esau and jacob you know short-term thinking is like esau thinking which gives you porridge for today but poverty for tomorrow because he he traded in his birthright Birthright. yeah for a bowl of soup. soup yep unbelievable not thinking about the consequences for the long term and so it's one of my favorite things to even teach kids Is like the choices you make in high school will affect you in your adulthood. And so be conscious of that and think generationally, financial, every, every area of your life, health. Like we talk about, we love our kids, but most people aren't willing to make the sacrifices in their regards to health in food and sleep and diet or food and sleep and exercise that they say, oh, I would do everything, anything for my kids, but No, you're not because you don't care about your health. And do you really want to dance at your kid's wedding? Or do you just want to be pushed in on a wheelchair? Like, is that living? And so really thinking generationally, thinking about this idea. I know one of the reasons why we're so strict on our specific diet is I don't want to just live until like later in life. I want to live later in life and be active. And so, yeah, you have to take those sacrifices again, whatever it may be for you in your life to think generationally. So yeah, my top five. Yeah. Your only unique leadership role is parenting number two only critique seats you've sat in number three be okay with being misunderstood number four just be your human beings not a human doer and number five is think generationally
1: yeah those are a great five to yeah. follow matter of fact I, I think i will incorporate a few of those and i think i already do incorporate a few especially the think generationally and i know for me that it, that is huge for me and um and how i lead to think not just about today but yeah. but tomorrow you know where, where do i want my family to be in 10 years, 20 years, where do I want Hill City to be in 40 years or 20 years when I pass it on to the next yeah. leader, you know, to make sure I'm setting up the next generation for success, not failure.
0: Yeah. Like so, th- that is huge because I know we've talked about this a lot, specifically in the church world is like, it would be an atrocity if we passed on Hill City church and it had to close its doors. Yeah. That, and that's not thinking generationally, like we want to pass it on and it
1: go to bigger and better things than what we ever could have. Right, yeah, but it's also being okay with new vision, new leadership, new strategy, being okay with someone leading in a different way than what we led. I learned
0: that best from your dad. Real quick, we have some time. Tell the story about your dad and what he did when he gave you the church.
1: Yeah, well, so he didn't give me the church, I I, just moved into the position of of lead pastor um, when he stepped down. But in that process and the transition, I, I was on staff as the student pastor. We knew eventually there was going to be some transition for me to become the lead pastor. Um, my dad just has a lot of physical um, just disabilities limitations. and limitations. Yeah, that's the word I was looking for. And so uh, we got to the place that I think it was a little bit sooner than what I was thinking. But I know he was in a place he was hurting, again, a lot of limitations and decided to make that transition right after a capital campaign where we raise funds for um, a new building a new place new auditorium new place to worship and so I come in and you know really pour into the staff develop the staff we start gaining momentum and here I am with the vision and funds and the blueprint already for the new facility and what it's going to look like and where it's at and It was just very traditional, and I wanted to try to honor my dad and the previous generation, and this was really their vision, their heart, and we needed it, right? We were meeting in a metal pole barn for 30-something years, Mm -hmm. and they knew the need for it, and they saw us get a little momentum, start to grow, and so we just needed more capacity as well. And they wanted to leave a legacy, not just for us, but for their grandkids. And so I wanted to honor that, but then my dad eventually came to me after taking over and he said, look, th- this was the vision for this and what it looks like. This was me and my elders at the time and what we thought, but but we're passing it on to you. We don't want you to just live in our vision. And so he took the blueprints and he threw them away, ripped them up and threw them away. He said, I you come it. up with whatever you want And here's the you. funds. And the funds are already there to build it. Boom. And so that's when Reggie and I got together. We started researching, studying, visiting different places, And Reg and I came up with basically what we have today. And Mm -hmm. it was, it was really from our heart, my heart, and what I wanted it to look like, the feel, the flow, all of it. So, you know, just, just good. I love it. Yeah. So anyway, um, I have four, you had five, I have four. And as I was thinking about it, and we got together to talk briefly just on the podcast in the month and why don't we come up with our own leadership principles instead of just talking about everyone else's. And so, you know, me, I begin to think, and I got the very first point and it just so happens that my first point is and leadership principle is lead by example. And I'm thinking, okay, lead by example. And we'll unpack that here in a second. So I just started thinking, okay, there's three or four things that have to start with E that really encompasses another of course, e. everything that I or feel they called about, acronym, or this isn't an acronym. This like is like an a, acrostic, maybe there you something go. like that. All ease um, or alliterations. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what it's called, but that's just my, how I'm wired and how I think. And so I have four E's in my leadership principles and how to lead well. Mm-hmm. And the first one is lead by example. You know, I do believe things are better caught than taught. Mm-hmm. I think when you can model something for the people that are following you, that are a part of your team, it better not just be instruction, but it better it better be something that you're doing together. And I know I for me that. and the success that I've seen, the success of our team, and we have people on our team that have been here for a long time, and I don't foresee them necessarily going anywhere anytime soon. We, and so they, me? well, they wanna be a part, <laughs> you wanna be a part, all the, in the entire team. And so, I think that's partly because I have led by example. I don't yep. just tell everyone else what to do. I get in and do a lot of it with them mm-hmm. or I show them how to lead through service, right? And we've talked about that in um, in our previous episode, just yeah. our, you know our how great ability is. to be uh, sons and daughters, that mm-hmm. we have responsibility, that it's about us following after Jesus and Jesus taught us how to be great. It isn't trying to see how many people that you can um, get over, and overpower, it's how many people you can get it underneath and empower, Mm -hmm. and so you better do it by by example. And so I think no matter what it is in your home, model it for your kids. If you wanna be a family that cares about other people and you want that to have uh, an important place in your life and in your family, and you want that to be a mission that you guys are on together, then guess what? You gotta put yourself in situations where your kids see you loving and giving and then let them be a part of that with you, mm-hmm. not just telling your kids, Hey, why don't you reach out to this person? Why don't you, you know, go down and help wherever, you know, mm-hmm. but no, let's go do it together. And so leading by example is number one, number two is lead to empower. And this is one of those things where, you know, we, we, we came out of a series and I think I mentioned this, um, on last week's podcast or a leadership podcast, and the series was Unforced Rhythms of Grace, where we took the message version of Matthew 11, 28 through 30. And Jesus in there says, come away with me. I'll, learn, I'll teach you how to take a real rest. Walk with me, work with me, watch how I do it. Come learn the unforced rhythms of grace. But this idea of walk with me, work with me, watch how I do it. That isn't just to, hey, here's what I'm doing. Watch me do all this. Mm-hmm. Look at me. Look how great I am. No, he did it for a purpose. He wanted them to walk with him, do life with him watch how he did that, those things. Why? Because he wanted them to be able to do it when he's gone. He wanted them to be able to go out and empower them to go. And that's why all throughout the gospels, you see Jesus even sending out the 12, sending out 70, sending out the, you know, whatever it is, 72. They go out by pairs and they do life. They do ministry, come back, give reports. Like Jesus said, okay, I'm doing it. You're watching me do this, but this isn't just about me. This is about me empowering you. And I think as a leader that we have to have that that mindset because as a leader, if it just becomes about us, basically all we do is build monuments around ourselves instead of really imparting vision and empowerment in other people so that they can actually take take the vision of whatever you have um, and do bigger and better than you can ever dream to do it by yourself. And so when you think about it, there are there are really two reasons people lead. And I think it's either out of responsibility or out of reward. And some people recognize the position they're in of leadership, that people do follow them. People do submit to them. They're in a place of authority and power, and they don't take that lightly. There's a responsibility that they understand that this is a God-given thing. Leadership is a spiritual gift that we've been given. And we take that to heart, and we want to lead well. We want to lead with grace. But then there's also some people that want to become leaders for the reward. They want the power. They want the prestige. They want the money. They, you know, what the title, whatever that might be. And so it's very ego driven. And so you really got to watch and discern the reason why you want to lead. Is it because you feel responsible that you need to make a difference and you need to empower others? Or are you looking just for the reward of what you can get out of having people underneath of you? And that really reveals, I think, your heart in leadership. So lead by example, lead to empower, and then you have to lead through engagement. And this is where constant communication is key. And it's not just for us. And I know for me, as I share more with you, with the team, I feel better feeling like my thoughts were conveyed, but what I've found is that as I share what my vision is or what I want to accomplish or what I want done or what expectations I have of people and of my team that are following. What I found is they actually, and I think you would agree with this. You actually appreciate it. Mm-hmm. There are some times where you or, or Brittany or other people have come to me and Hey, am, am I doing okay? Am I doing what I'm supposed to be doing? Like, here's what I'm involved in. Is this Okay. And it's because I necessarily maybe haven't affirmed that, I haven't given feedback, I haven't engaged with them in the process enough. And so you have to lead through engagement. You have to be um, in tune. And and this is sometimes difficult, but in tune with every person on the team. It makes people feel apart too. Yeah. And I and I know it goes back to what you said, you know, you you want to know that that you're honoring me well. Mm-hmm. In, in my leadership. But if I'm not conveying maybe expectations or what I want or what I see, you're left in the dark. Like, okay, I'm gonna keep doing this. I guess this is okay. But when I affirm or when I even give instruction, direction and I engage with it, you you feel the, the positive reinforcement behind what you're doing and it makes you feel a part even more. And so leading through engagement. And then the last one is just lead with excitement. So if you are a leader, no one is going to be more excited about the thing you are leading than you. Hmm. And it shouldn't be that way. And if there's other people, a part of your team or whatever it may be, and they're getting pumped up and more excited, excited than you as a leader for the thing, then maybe you need to empower them and let them run with it and you not lead it. Maybe you need to dole it out. Boom. So you have to, you have to be excited about what you're leading, what you're doing, right? Passion is contagious. It is. And when you have passion for something, I think other people can see that, they can experience that, and and they want to get excited about it too. And not that they can't come up to your level, I think great leaders bring people and their passion level up to yours, but they should never have more than you do. And so that's really just, and again, this was just me thinking off the top of my head, mm-hmm. ways that I feel like I lead that are super, super important. Um, for us to be successful leaders, and I think healthy leaders mm-hmm. lead by example, lead to empower, lead through engagement, and lastly, lead with excitement. Yep. Those are my four.
0: People want to feel like they're a part of something that's alive. Yeah, because things that are alive continue to grow; things that are dead go in the ground.
1: Yep, I like that. So, last last thoughts? Nope, I think that's all I got. I hope you enjoyed this month and uh, were uh, not only empowered but challenged. Mm-hmm. um as you have areas of influence and leadership that you are a part of and so we encourage you to be the best leader that you can be yeah and walk out just really uh loving others well and there's a way you can lead without belittling people there is actually a way to actually encourage and empower people and i know you can do it
0: i love it hey thanks for joining us all the way in rome yep this morning Next week, we're going to
1: hear all about Rome. Let's do it. Lord willing. Yep. And with that, just know you're loved and there's nothing you can do about it.